Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 39, Artie. 39. 39. Wow. Uh, I mean, this is... The the wheels are rolling, Artie. (laughs) And I gotta say, we... We we just recorded a awesome interview. Like let, let's go ahead and let's start there. Uh, yeah, we holy shit, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look, I'll, I'll just say this, man. We we are doing the damn thing. We really are. We, um, we're, we look, we're not we're not A list or B list or C list celebrities. We might be D list. We might be D list celebrities at this point. But look, we're doing the damn thing, man. That's all I know. All I gotta say is the interview for today. We we have former. ECU basketball star Marshall Gilmet on the podcast today. God, this man, man. Th- like he showed up on the on the Zoom call that we have, and he shows up. He's in a van, <laughs> just like hanging out. And I was like, I mean, we we eventually asked him. He's been like traveling on the road for like the last year. He I got mean, the van decked out, got everything he needs in it. Like, yeah, I mean, he the guy and he's he's one of the funniest dudes we've talked to. And he, I mean, he he's got a career now as a stand-up comedian. He, he's going yeah. around doing doing shows with a along with some other things. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy that <laughs> I don't know. At one point, Artie and I were just we were geeking on, yeah. on on this on this Zoom. And I mean, y'all are gonna this. We said it in the interview at the end of the interview. This is by far one of the best interviews we've oh, done. Top five, top five interviews we've done. And th- not even close. Yeah, like this, and we've had like some some pretty high caliber people on. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. I look from start to finish. <laughs> that was absolutely. And we we even we veered left like halfway through the interview, and it was still great. Like it was just great. And yeah, you're gonna want to listen to this, guys. This is what we this is what we started the podcast for. This this type of interview that we do today is what we started the podcast for, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it right before the interview. Um, but this, this is what we started the podcast for this kind of content that we're putting out today. This is, this is what we wanted to do. So, but already outside of how that, how that interview went, I, I'm still like just in shock of how great that was. Yeah. Uh, how, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm real good. I'm better now that I'm rooting for a basketball team that is currently sitting at five and oh, and is the best basketball team in the state of North Carolina. So uh, I'm doing real good, real real good. Yeah, ECU uh, ECU basketball five and zero. Um, Joe Dooley got the boys off to a hot start. Now I will say the the UNCW game and the North Florida game, they, there were some scares in those games, but yes, there were. Um, I, overall, we're five and zero. It doesn't matter. They don't ask how. They ask how many, and there's five five dubs. <laughs> um, Artie, kind of give me your perspective on on how. ECU has uh, kind of come to the forefront of college basketball and, and been doing their doing their thing. Well, look, I mean, we, we've done what we've needed to, right? I mean, our first five games, they've been against, you know, none. Um, well, Wilmington was a Division I uh, opponent, but everybody else has kind of, you know, been teams, you know, lesser caliber teams, teams you, you, you don't really hear of. Um, and so we've done what we've needed to do in our first five games. We came out, yes, we had a few scares, but the identity of a good basketball team is being able to take a team's best punch and still be able to win those games. And that's exactly what we did. We're 5-0 and 
Um, the, the, the big question is, is it fool's gold or have we actually turned the page? Have we actually, like, are, are we actually starting to see a, a basketball team that can not only compete out of conference, but can compete in conference? Because we know the American is one of the best basketball conferences in the nation outside of the ACC, the Big Ten, and maybe the, uh, what, the, the, the Pac-12. That's probably it. You got the American right there. I mean, they are absolutely a top four basketball conference in the entire country. So um, we're really about to see what ECU is made of. Um, I know we've got another game uh, against, is it today? Old Dominion. Old Dominion, which is today. another game. Look, we, we should be 6-0 going, in the, going into uh, Dallas. All, all I'll say is SMU. ESPN has, this is supposed to probably be, this will probably be the toughest game that ECU has. Right. Non-conference. Um, I mean, ESPN has, I believe it was like a 45% chance of winning for ECU. I mean, I don't know the line on the game right now, but it, it, it's going to be a – I mean, it's going to be one of those ones. It's going to be a fight to, to the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. We'll put this out Monday morning. So this is this is great podcasting, Artie, that we're talking about a game that ha- is going to happen between the time that, <laughs> that we put this out and uh, – and the time that it actually comes out. Right. But uh, I, I think this is a great opportunity for ECU. If they can get to 6-0, and they'll be, they'll be riding high in, into, not, or into conference play. SMU, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, it's either I, Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, and, and I love that we're playing a good opponent in SMU right off the bat. You know, come in with, our, with the record down. Because at worst, we'll be 5-1 and one at worst. I don't think we will be. I think we'll be 6-0. and oh. um, But – to be able to play a team like SMU that, you know, over the last few years has been really good in basketball to kind of test where we are at as a program. I love that we're starting it out early with a good, good opponent. And with that being said, what, even if we start out six and zero, go into SMU and say, say that we do drop a game to SMU. Right. What would, what would it take for you to take away a uh, positive? from that game, even if it's an L against it's, the Mustangs? It's got to be competitive, and it's got to be close. Okay. It's got to be competitive. A blowout means, okay, we still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But a competitive game, a close game means, okay, our guys believe that they can win this. Our guys believe that they can beat caliber, high-caliber opponents. We're just, we just fell a little bit short. We kind of maybe missed some opportunities. Maybe we made some mistakes. But if we keep it close with SMU, if they have to win – in a barn burner, if it's like a, you know, 82 to 78 kind of, kind of finish, I'm going to actually be really happy and really, not really happy, but I'm, I'm going to take away positives knowing that, okay, we are right on the doorstep of becoming a really good program. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that, like we've said over the past couple of weeks, I, th- I think we're almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Think about it. UNCW, the games with UNCW and North Florida, you didn't. I mean, Jaden Gardner got into foul trouble pretty early in that UNCW game. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't play most of the first half. Um, uh, he had like two early fouls. So within, I think, like the first six minutes, him and I, I think it was Tristan Newton both had two fouls in the first like six minutes. So those are two of your two your your two studs really that are sitting out a lot of the game, and then. You still were able to uh, be up 15 at halftime. Now the second half was kind of uh, disappointing, but that that that's kind of 
I, I need to see ECU put together a full game. Full game, right. They need from to for first quarter to fourth, yeah. Or from you, first half to second half, not first you, quarter to fourth quarter. You gotta you gotta be able to put together a full game. I wanna see a full forty minutes of play mm-hmm. where you are completely dominating and not just dominating a team like a, a smaller, lesser known team, but if they come out today against Old Dominion and dominate them, then I'll I'll be completely happy and I'll be I'll be that much more um, excited and optimistic about the game against against SMU and going into conference play. I'll just yeah. leave it, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I mean, like I said, Jaden Gardner, he he, I mean, he still got like seventeen and eleven. Still had a double double. He's a walking double double. Like we've said it before on the podcast. Jaden Gardner is a stud. Um, but you've needed some guys like. Uh, Batimba Baruti to come in and, and really make an impact. And they have Noah Farrakhan, um, mm-hmm. Tremont Robinson White. Like these guys are coming in and really making an impact on on the court. And it, the ECU's got depth now. They never ha- they've never right. had depth. You've got three seven footers on this team. Three already. I can't remember the last time we had more than one mm-hmm. on this team. I mean, maybe back when we had uh, Michelle and Ziggy on, on the team, maybe, but I can't think of anybody, any other guys that we would have had that were over seven foot tall. And that helps that ECU hasn't had size. They've had shooters, they've had, but if the shots aren't falling, they can't rebound and, and get the ball in. Now ECU has, it, has a complete and total offense. And they're pretty damn good on defense. Yeah. And, and depth is the only way that you can build a quality program. Because, you know, obviously you have your starters. They come in. They play well. Maybe they build a sizable lead. Those guys are going to need to come out and take a break. When your second unit comes in, they need to be able to maintain. They don't have to take over the game. But they right. have to be able to maintain what the starters were able to do. And when you have that kind of depth, it gives confidence. It, it lets your starters know, okay, I've got guys here that, that are just as good, that, that can help me when I need to come out. They can go in, do their thing. It, 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 it enables the head coach to be able to kind of strategize a little bit better, maybe make up some, you know, some, some game plans and some strategies to kind of put in two-way guys or three-way guys or whatever into the starting rotation. When you have depth, it just opens up everything. And so that's, that's really how you build a good program in, in any sport you got to have depth. It can't just be your starters and then that's it. Everybody else is just kind of like, eh. You got to be able to have depth. You got you got to be able to have guys that can come in and finish the job and can maintain what the starters were able to build upon when you know when, when they went into the game. Yeah, n- another guy that comes to mind is JJ Miles. I mean, that dude. Talk, I'm pulling up his stats right now, but he he came in. I think he hit three. Um, hit three three point shots in the first half against UNCW when when ECU was kind of uh keeping it tight there for for a little bit and then his uh his his three pointers when they started falling mm-hmm. that's when ECU turned the tide and, and really just kind of took over that on on offense. And I know um you know coach Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> made some national headlines, you know, cause he Decided to not play his out-of-conference games. I, I think that was a mistake 
Um, me personally being a Duke fan, I, I think that was a mistake that he did. But he also said, you know, playing basketball right now just doesn't feel right. Um, well, nothing feels right in, in well, 2020, right? No, nothing feels good in 2020. But I'm very proud of the way our program has been able to kind of take that adversity, still play on, still fight on. This season does not have an asterisk to me. To me, Coach K was saying that this season has an asterisk. To me, it doesn't. I think being able to play through this means more than, you know, just having a regular season because that means you were able to go through much more adversity than you would outside of that. Um, and so to be where we are right now um, just speaks to the coach. It speaks to our players. It speaks to, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody opted out on our, on our basketball program. So it, it just speaks to the character that they have. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And um, to that point, though, talking about Krzyzewski, yeah, uh, we're not doing walk the plank yet, but he would he would be a good candidate for a walk the plank. And look, uh, I, I because I love th- this is this is also the same guy that said we can't have another season where we don't have March Madness. He literally said that before the season. Yeah. Then he loses two games, and I mean he, he cancels his out of conference, and he I, can't, I, I, it 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 looked weak. It it was a weak move, but I will say this: I love Coach K. He's got nothing left to prove. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, you can't really dispute that. But it was a weak move to me, what he did. I, I would agree, yes. Um, with, with, the state of, with the state of college basketball, yes, I, I think it was. And, I mean, you look, you look at a team like Carolina. Carolina's, I mean, they're not looking the greatest either. I mean. Oh, I, 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 oh they should have lost a Central yesterday. I was so upset they didn't lose a Central yesterday. Yeah, oh, you, so you know me both. <laughs> but already, uh, some some decent news on the uh, recruiting front mm-hmm. for for ECU and ECU football. Um, just changing it up a little bit. I'm uh, we, we've had several new recruits or new guys uh, committing recently. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on how ECU is doing um, from a recruiting standpoint? Well, I think it's, it's status quo. I mean, we were doing this last year, too. Um, I think it's great. I know we've gotten a few defensive backs. I know we've gotten a few or a couple of running backs. Um, I don't know too much about any of these kids. I'm going to do my research and see where they stand, how they are. Um, I know you had sent me a text message um, the other day about one of them. And on his on 247, I had him running a 497. And I know that can't be right because there's no way – you get those kind of, I think he had an offer from Alabama, he had an offer from Kentucky, he had offers from LSU. LSU. There's no way you get those offers and run a 497. So somebody messed up with his 40 time. But um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that we're still aggressive with our recruiting process. But my big thing is I want those big, hungry, nasty, corn-fed, middle-of-the-country linemen, D linemen, O linemen. I feel like that should be the main focus of ECU football's offseason. We got the skill guys and, and we're always going to have the skill guys. Those guys are going to always come in, but you got to have those guys up front to really make an impact if you really want to win games. And so I think that's got to be our focal point. If we can get some, maybe some grad transfers, maybe get some, you know, some, some new kids coming in um, as far as the O line and the D line, um, to me, that's that's where we got to focus our efforts in the offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, you get, I'm I'm looking at it now, just looking at 24-7. Um, friend of the podcast, Stephen Igo, does a pretty good job with this. Does an excellent um, job. I'm looking at some of the guys that ECU has uh, targeted and have as prospects for, for this year or for this recruiting class. Yeah. And uh, three that, I mean, kind of stand out to me, you got a 6'5", 310-pound offensive guard, Nathan, uh, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, Zrupik, I don't know, T-R-Z. Don't butcher his name, Jared, don't butcher it. Already T-R-Z-P-U-C. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to attempt it. I'm not going to try. That's a lot of consonants and, and real close together. And no. Um, Nathaniel, then you got another guy, Jacob Bradford. All these mm-hmm. guys, which are, uh, are coming from the community college, the JUCO level, you got Jacob Bradford, 6'4", and a half, 300 pounds, offensive tackle. And then Kingsley Ugwu, 6'4", uh, 310 pounds, another tackle, um, offensive tackle. So, I mean, there's guys out there that, that they're looking at and could be coming into the program. And, I mean, they're, they're bigger guys. They're, they're guys that I would love to see on, on this team and be able to throw their, throw their body weight around a little bit more. Yeah, and, and – and- you know, thing is, we don't we don't need pretty boys, man. We need some we need some guys that are angry and they want to hit people. That's 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 what we're looking for. Guys that want to win, guys that value winning, guys that you know want to be a part of a, a, a culture that is still building, but a culture that is on the rise. That's that's exactly what we need. So that's just got to be the focal point in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, and I I think ECU is going to get some of them, knowing that uh, knowing that these guys know that they're going to be able to come in and, and make a immediate impact yeah. a, an immediate impact. Like you said, and I think that's a uh, coach Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick's idea of, Hey, let's go after some of these Juco guys. These guys that have some college experience know about mm-hmm. um, what it takes to compete at, at a college level. It may, it may not be the D one level, but right. they, but they are competitive. And we've seen it time and time again, that some of the guys that come from the community college ranks, I mean, there's a reason that people watch the watch the the what what's that show the the one on Netflix? Oh, I'm blanking on it. Oh, <laughs> what's that show? The one on Netflix? You talking about uh, Last Chance You? Yeah, Last Chance You. There I, you go. I want I wanted to say the Final Dance or the Last you Dance. Didn't, you didn't help me out with that, man. There's like two thousand shows on Netflix, man. Hey, man, I'm I'm doing my what's best. What's that? Here. What's that one show on Netflix? Come on, Artie, man. shut the hell up. <laughs> Come on, the people are listening to this. Like, come on, Jared. Yeah, well, that that's they're gonna they're gonna keep doing that. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a come on, Jared moment earlier when I forgot the microphones and everything at at my house. That's true. I had, to, I had to drive home 45 minutes after driving there 45 minutes, and now we're recording oh, yeah, over nice. Zoom. But hey, we're here. We're listening. <laughs> uh, y'all are listening to us rant and and talk about these things. But I, I mean, ECU has a a great opportunity to. Uh, to get some of these guys that are coming from the JUCO level and and come in and and really make a difference. Yeah, and, and honestly, man, I just I wish I could fast forward to next football season already because I'm I'm just excited to see how Coach Houston is going to have this team poised and ready to play next year. And hopefully by by next fall, we are under normal circumstances. When I mean my normal normal circumstances, I'm talking about fifty thousand plus in Dowdy. Um, that's they, we just we got to get back to it. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we we take the necessary precautions 
as a nation to get to that point. But, you know, that, that is a little ways away. But um, I, I think we're on the right track and we're doing the right things recruiting-wise from a football standpoint. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's for sure. Um, I mean, that, I think ECU is in a good, in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at it, looking at right now, I think they're up to 12 guys that are, uh, that are committed in this recruiting class. There's going to be less scholarships or less uh, opportunities going forward just with how the pandemic's kind of shaken out. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, I like to see, I like to see some of these guys that are six foot five, six foot six and over 300, uh, looking, looking at coming to us. That that's what I like to see. I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly. So, but already, uh, we, we, we've done enough talking there. There's not much news really to go around. Right. Um, Kind of in a dead spot right now. In in college sports, um, ECU's looking pretty good in basketball. Um, let, let's go ahead and, and give the people what they want. They came here. They heard us talk about it at the top of the show. Heard us talk about the, the interview we did with Marshall Gilmet. Guys, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, listen to this entire interview. We do, we do some things with uh, some superlatives. We talk about his, uh, his career. I talk about an idea that I have for, for a comedy show. If y'all want to listen to it or if y'all want to uh, eventually get behind me and, and push me to go into comedy, let me know. <laughs> I'm, I'm considering it. I, I can't make that jump right yet. I can't, I can't go live in a van like, like he did and, <laughs> and travel around to different shows. But I, I am highly considering it after having that conversation because hey. that seems like a lot of fun. Look, a, a lot of our interviews are kind of by the book. This interview was not by the book. This was such an entertaining and funny interview. Um, you're definitely going to want to, from start to finish, you're going to want to listen to the entire thing. So can't wait for the people to listen to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cannot wait. So here, here's our interview with Marshall Gilmet, former ECU basketball player. So this week's guest on the Boneyard Podcast, he, he's another ECU basketball great. Um, he, he's somebody that I've been wanting to have on the podcast for quite some time now. He, he's a true character. He, uh, he played two full seasons at ECU. Um, his name, Marshall Gilmet. How's it going, Marshall? How you doing? Hey, Jared. Going great, man. Really excited about coming on. Uh, excited that you guys are taking advantage of the, the podcasting outlet for ECU. It's like we, everybody's yeah. got to have a podcast, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and that was the thing. We, we were like – and this is not a knock. We've said this before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We said before we, we wanted to kind of take the media angle from yeah. a different perspective. and We didn't want to be traditional with it. I mean, well, I, I think it's so cool. Like, and you guys have kind of, like you said, had a couple of people on, a couple of former athletes, but it's really an awesome opportunity. Like, I think about my time there and, like, having just somewhere where we could kind of get, you know, maybe you don't get current athletes getting all the details out, but it's really yeah. cool to have them just come on and say, like, how was that road trip, man? How was that win? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, I think that's a really cool outlet for sports in general. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and that, that's really kind of what we've been trying to do is kind of get it with a, a fresher perspective, but, yeah. uh, but I, I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit real, real quick first. Um, you, you came to ECU back in 2012, 2013, that was your freshman year. Crazy, um, yeah. how, 
how did you come to ECU? You're from Kennesaw, Georgia, a great town, but what, what, <laughs> what got you, what got you coming to Greenville? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Cause it, it was, especially early on in my recruiting journey, you know, staying close to home kind of was the ideal situation and then ending up somewhere that was like eight hours like you know it's still in the south but it was a whole new area um it, it was quite a journey and ECU was in my recruiting process very early on so that was something that just really stood out to me is there um you know you kind of get to weigh different schools interests over the years like who's really at my school you know every month coming in and watching practice or watching games Who's calling me, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but it, it, like, you know, who's calling me once or twice a week and just kind of checking in on, you know, when you, when you see that steady interest, like, man, that's a program that's going to like, I mean, he's doing this much. He's, you know, mm -hmm. he's got to have some sort of interest in me playing there. Right. So um, Coach Vitaznik was a big part of my recruiting process and, and he was in early and um, I saw the opportunity that was there at ECU um, to play early and, and to play at a big school and a big campus. Um, it was kind of just that all in one fit where I was like, you know, it, it's not down the street, but um, yeah. you know, I, I want to take advantage of that opportunity, you know? Right. Right. And how would, how would you describe the culture of ECU basketball when you were there? Like, what was it like being, because, I mean, you played. I, I know you had injuries throughout your career, but you actually <laughs> played and, and, and saw the, the floor. So how was it being, you know, an ECU basketball starter and just being a part of that culture when you were there? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, in my, like you said, I felt like <laughs> everything was another injury going back on things. But, you know, winning, winning is such a big part of, like, developing, like, a program and a culture. Mm. So it's like it, it does – you do get to see like a different side of things when you go through, you know, not the winning side. Like my freshman year, we come in on like a tear, like one of the best right. tears in, in school history. And then on the flip side, you kind of saw the other side of Lebo's tenure pretty quick. And it mm -hmm. was like, um, you know, so I, um, I feel like my perspective was pretty different in the sense that I was in and out of playing and, and kind of seeing guys like how and talking to guys on, all sorts of different levels um you know it was we you develop like lifelong bonds with those guys like I was just mm -hmm. up helping a friend move into Wilmington that was an old teammate so you know like through the adversity that you do experience you you know you it's not you look back joking on it now because like you know I mean just remember some of the starts that we had like I remember a game we played at Marshall um and they had a a really good squad and we started – I think we started the game on, like, a 2-26 to 26 run. Like, we're down 24 yeah. to start the game. <laughs> and you're just like, damn, bro, this is not going to be good. <laughs> uh, so, it was like, um, you know, you had those nights, but then you had, like, where we beat a Memphis, where it was like, oh, my God, or you beat a Cincinnati, and like, the mm -hmm. biggest high in the world. So, you got really both sides of things. So, you know, you saw the polarity – through everybody, the coaching staff, the players, the managers. Uh, it was it was a reality TV show, in my opinion. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, kinda, and, and, and to kind of, like, follow up with that, how was it or how difficult was it playing through the injuries that you had? Because, I mean, I, I, I know that, yeah. that had to have been really, really, you know, difficult Man, on you. I can't, um, I can't put into words, like, the frustration it puts on an athlete, you know? It's yeah. like um, – 
you're putting so much in on the effort side and then to have your body just not be there with it is mm-hmm. it, it, it tricks it tricks your brain in a way because you're like i'm doing everything that's supposed to happen but why is this not why is this main thing not working so right. um it, it turned into honestly like i said it, it really changed my perspective on a lot of things as as you know because i had a knee injury that slowly progressed into like tendinosis and like arthritis basically so it was like mm-hmm. it was a slow progression of like man like I know what basketball used to feel like and I know what it feels like now and these are two <laughs> very different things you know yeah. so um it, it was very you know like even even in my freshman year like I missed a lot of that CIT run with um mm-hmm. I had torn my hip flexor my senior year of high school and then kind of rushed it back and then midway through that year tore it again so like before games and practices I'm getting eight rounds of tape around my hip trying mm. to keep it in place and stuff and it's like golly man you know um mm. it, it does it does turn into that thing where you're like there's the the joy of like the moment of of the wins and everything and then it's like the mindset of like how am I going to get around the pain that's inevitably coming from this you know yeah so um, it, it was um, it was frustrating, and you know, and I would always say to anybody, like, take care of your body, and and um, you know, put that ahead of you know one game or one practice or whatever it is. I mean, look at the long haul, and because especially if you look at the sport professionally, like if you want to make it a career, look at that long term goal that you have, and um, you know, the body's a big part of that. Yeah. Now you, you talked about. I mean, coming in, you played for Lebo. You talked about his tenure. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about it with, with Peyton last week. Um, we, yeah. I, I want to kind of ask you, what was kind of the uh, – what was your relationship with like – or like with Jeff Lebo? Sorry, I'm going to get <laughs> There you go, Jared. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then also, do, do you still have any relationship with him? Do you still talk to him ever? Or? Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I did listen to that conversation you had with Peyton and, and he was spot on in the sense that I felt Lebo X's and O's wise was on par with anybody that I ever saw basketball, you know, wise, um, drawing up plays, having an understanding for schemes and stuff like that. Uh, the, um, it's funny. It's just like looking back, like, I actually coached with uh, an old teammate. Like, I've just done so much random stuff in between uh, playing and now. But it's like I, I look at, um, you know, the situation that we were dealt, and you look at somebody like a, like a Bill Belichick and, like, all the lore that he carries and the respect that he carries amongst his crowd. And then you look at people who do well, but it's like he, he was so willing to flip with game plans. He was willing to change and uh, mold what he has to what was needed. You know, it was like it was mm-hmm. a constant change. And I felt like – that was a lot of the issues that we ran up against as, as players and making that connection with what comes with, with the coach's mind and putting down the court is like, there wasn't this willingness to create that mold that fit with what was there. And, um, right. you know, so it was like, um, it, it, it became, you know, that, that, you know, resistance seemed to build and that seemed to be why a lot of the issues were occurring, but it's like, going back there's no question that you know he's an incredible ball coach I mean like and he's gonna have ample opportunities at the assistant level it felt like honestly at the end and I really don't talk to him much uh I don't think I have talked to him 
since leaving, but I know teammates that have. And it sounded like from their experience talking with them that it was a it was a buildup to that moment. It wasn't just the situation at ECU was kind of a culmination of events that was not allowing for, you know, the success to happen. So I, I think he is somebody who you'll see back coaching at some point, you know, coaches go on that carousel of they're here for a couple of years and then they kind of pop up. They, they, you know, they have that camaraderie that, you know, craft they work on there together all the time with. So we'll see him somewhere, but it, it, it will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what, what fast he comes back in, at, you know, at the college level and where, where, where it goes from here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's just got to find his footing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, exactly, exactly. That fit <laughs> that, that, that'll work for him and where, where he can thrive at, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I want to kind of ask you, so you got an interesting setup. We're, we're, we're looking at your, your video. Where are you right Man. now? Man, a- I got, a, I got a, a rig on wheels. Awesome. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, – going on like a year of having just like a mobile setup, the basics, the essentials. And um, I mean, Corona changed a lot in terms of everything's been shut down, but um, yeah, I got the full setup. Awesome. And so real, I want to, I want to get into a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you, you majored in finance at, at ECU. You, you got your undergraduate d- degree somehow. <laughs> are, are you still you're, are you still in all, finance what are you doing we're all saying that by the way we, yeah. we somehow right. graduated from ECU <laughs> um I so early on uh I did use the degree earlier I've done a bunch of random gigs like selling paint sold insurance worked for a staffing company um uh, commercial cleaning sold for commercial cleaning so honestly in terms of the degree use it more for sales but mm-hmm. um uh, to be you know <laughs> not much i've done um in the atlanta done a lot of comedy shows and um you know trying to get into the podcasting stuff myself finding mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun in that awesome so yeah i, I know that you've been doing some the, some comedy shows and um is, yeah. that, is that something that like you've always wanted to do uh, is that it was something? um it, it goes back to ECU like honestly I started having like the idea when um you know I was I spent so much time injured I was like man maybe maybe I'm not gonna play basketball for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah um so uh, I started thinking you know like what what else is out there what else interests me and then you kind of go through that process of like you know finding out uh you know what am I what am I gonna do for the rest of my time here so yeah you know and it's um it's interesting. I think the question came up when you guys were talking to Peyton, like, uh, you know, I hear, I find a lot of athletes in that transition of like, you know, you spend, especially at the division one level, whether you're at, you know, the very top power five or even, you know, a low major program, it's a full-time job. So like finding Mm -hmm. that transition into, you know, what gives you the same sort of passion that basketball or football or swimming or tennis did? Like you hear a lot of athletes going through that transition and finding that's, I think that's a very interesting story to get out there too. And how, how, how difficult has it been to do comedy? Cause to me, comedy and like stand up comedy in general is one of the <laughs> hardest professions in the world to make people laugh is incredibly yeah, difficult. Man. Like how hard has that been? That's a great question. It, it is. Um, it's like a, it's a weird 
psychedelic science, man. Like, just like live <laughs> yeah. entertainment, you know? Yeah. It's like, there really is, um, especially with stand-up, like, there, you know, there's some vein of consistency with it, but you never know when it's like, you're just performing at some random bar where, you know, people are drinking, watching football or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you really are in, in really different types of environments. That's like, honestly, what I enjoy so much about it is that it, uh, it reminds me of basketball in, in that challenge sense, you know, like it's, right. it's so, it's so intense and so unique on an everyday basis. Um, you don't get that like in, a, in an office cubicle, you know, like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's a very, uh, a very, it's a very different environment. So are you pulling most of your content from, uh, from your experiences at, at ECU or with, with teammates? I'm sure there's a bunch. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, um, <laughs> I feel like I've almost kind of spared some of that in some ways. Um, but yeah, just honestly, just the world life, life is a, uh, life is a large man out here, you know, mm-hmm. just, just talking about what it is. It's, um, that's where I feel like, uh, like a lot of my comedy idols, they just talk, you know, they went so much in just their everyday experience, their perspective on, you know, what the world is to them. And I feel yeah. like, um, because of my background, I have like, uh, it is like a very different path, you know, like just some right. athlete that picked this up, you know, it's, um, it's a crazy story. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Real, real quick. Top three. Yeah. Comedians. Top three comedians for you. Who would they, oh who would they be? Gosh. Who would they be? I'm putting, I'm putting you on the spot. So I'm oh putting you on the gosh. spot. I feel like um, I can't not have a top three without Pryor. Like Pryor's okay. like yes. what, what we all do, you know? Um, yeah. And then um, I got to go somebody, like a Tom Segura. Y'all know that okay, name? Yeah. I've yeah. heard that name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some of his specials are um, – he's yeah, up there. I just watched one of his specials, I think, last week on Netflix. Yes, he's got yeah. a couple on Netflix. He, oh, my God. He's a murderer. <laughs> and then let's see. I'd say – who makes me laugh? I mean, honestly – Mike Epps has got some wow. special. Wow, okay. That's that's a yes. that's a strong top three. I was yeah. not expecting yes, Mike Epps. Dude. I wasn't expecting yes. that. Okay. Yes. So I mean, it's so hard to do that top three, but if I'm thinking of like who makes me laugh, like gut yeah. laughs, those guys are savages. Savages. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I that that's something that like I, I've talked about with like my family. Like that I've always wanted, and this is hear me out. I'm putting yeah. this out there to the world. All right. Yeah. So I had this idea before I came up with the idea for a podcast that I would do. I wanted to do kind of like a not a stand up routine, but basically it was called <laughs> dinner. It was called dinner with Jared. Oh my God. We're getting into this. <laughs> we're we're going to get into the weeds here. All right. Um, it's called dinner with Jared. Basically, it's just me. Think of Seinfeld, but like on, on a stage. So basically, it's like yeah. the. It's a show about nothing except for the conversations you have around the dinner table and basically just <laughs> talking to the people in, in the crowd. What, what are your Yo. thoughts about that? Dude, I mean, with, with any sort of show or idea production, it's honestly just about going for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's so many ideas that honestly – you know, it's just like even even the Chappelle show. Like you look at like what's coming back right now. It's popping right now. That's just him sitting down, just like going for the craziest idea he could. Exactly. Just went exactly. for it. So it's like, yeah. you know, if you got the idea and it really sticks with you, 
that's what I mean. People, um, like that's what I love about comedy and podcasting. It's like this. It's this whole outlet where you can. The genius is in getting the idea to others. Like, like the idea, the ideas, like ideas for days. Got all of them. And then when you can get that and tell others, it's like, oh right. my god, how just did putting I do that? it out there. Yeah, yeah. just having an outlet to put that? it out there. Yeah. Yes, it's um, it's beautiful. So yeah, man. I mean, we had some crazy shows down in Atlanta. Some real like independent type ideas like that, where you know, do whatever. You know, I mean, uh, if you got a crowd that'll show up and some ideas to run with, run it. Yeah. Uh, uh- Maybe I'll open up for you one night. How, how's that sound? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. God. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, do we, now, now, do you have any shows, like, like in the works? Do you have, like, something coming up that, that you're about to do? I um, host just a, a little show here in Atlanta. Like I said, I mean, with Corona, it, it's, been, it's been a little hectic. I'm going to be starting yeah. – I got my own podcast here coming up soon. I mean, you know, you can always follow me on the Insta for all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But – um. Yeah, man, just uh, – I'm honestly at Jared's stage where I'm just, like, in that production. I got – honestly, one of my friends here in Atlanta, we're filming a show that might be coming out here soon. So, a, a lot of just kind of little things in the works. Stay tuned. Absolutely. Yes, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, I, I asked this question – I think I asked this question last last week for uh, for Peyton. I'd like to ask yeah. – get your perspective. Let's uh, yeah. Let's run through some, like, superlatives. For uh, guys Aww. that you played basketball with. Yeah, right. Okay. I didn't okay. This. Um, so who was the best dressed? Best dressed. Uh, who? <laughs> I would say there was a couple. Honestly, I mean, going Akeem. Akeem put I could on. See that. Akeem, like, yeah, yeah Akeem, I, could, I could see Akeem, that. Yeah, yeah. Akeem put on. Um, I thought you were gonna go with funniest. We had uh, you remember Rob Sampson? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, man, <laughs> that guy's—I mean, the character of all characters. Dude. <laughs> Would walk into the locker room just calling himself King Sampson. Bow down, King <laughs> Sampson is here. It was—it was just he was on his own wave, his own wave. All oh, right. Um, let let's see, who had the uh, best undercover talent outside of basketball that's a good one right like a, like a singer uh greg alexander okay what, what was, he, what was he, his talent he, uh, he's he does um he does some rapping he paints he's okay. kind of a jack of all trades yeah very talented yeah. dude very talented dude all right and then um i'm trying to think uh so you you said you said funniest already yeah, um, Rob Samson, the best. <laughs> who was who was the guy that, when you were on the road, like who would who would be the best roommate? Best mm. roommate. Well, honestly, I was stuck usually with it was me and Peyton a bunch, uh, <laughs> me and Prince, me and Mike. Uh, a lot of the roommates that we had, just the goofs, just the, you know, and then uh, Paris would come through. Uh, Uwe, Francis, and Dosimo. I'm not sure what his name was, but yeah, I mean, uh, we had we had, uh, we had a little crew that just that would cycle through. We had a little crew. I, I got one best wingman. Who was the best wingman? Oh, that's great. Ooh. Um, yeah, honestly, Peyton would do anything for, okay. and, and everybody would vouch for that. 
Man, Peyton would do anything for the boys. Anything wow. for the boys. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That, that's, yes. that's great to hear. Now, one, yes. guy, one guy you played with uh, briefly, I want to mm-hmm. ask, he, he's another interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Cla- Clarence Williams. Oh man! I, I yeah. actually I My ran into him. Yes. I, ra- I ran into him uh, like literally last year in a random food line in Greensboro. Just like yeah. <laughs> ran into him, and, I was, and he was like, "Hey, I know you." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I was the former president of the Minji's Maniacs." He's like, "Oh yeah, oh. how's it going, man?" But yeah, yeah. How's Clarence? Clarence, Clarence is he's down in Atlanta too. He's uh he's going for it, man. Revenue. I mean, he had. He had a whole little booth set up in the in his closet, just like we'd be dropping bars before practice, like <laughs> yelling into the mic, and then we'd head out for practice. <laughs> yeah, he he seems he seems like an interesting character, and we we've talked about. I I, I know we're talking to Prince, going to have him on sometime soon. Yes, great any, one, great one. You got any funny stories or any stories about the guys like that that you can tell on 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 air? Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe what's the funniest story that happened uh, maybe on a road trip uh, with or... Prince I was actually um... and it doesn't have to be Prince it can be anybody anybody oh man now you're opening everything up <laughs> um, oh man goodness um, yeah. I do remember I remember I mean honestly going back to um I mean, road losses are one of the toughest things to go through because not only – especially bad ones. Like, if you get a 20-piece put on you on the road, mm-hmm. you got not, you're getting on the transportation to go home that night. So, you're yeah. like – you got the coaches just sitting up front staring at you. It's just brewing. You got to listen to them when, they, when we <laughs> land. You got to listen before we go and when we land. And it's like, oh, my – so, we had that Marshall loss. I remember we start out uh, – I mean, we come back, you know, like you just kind of put it back into some sort of reasonable range. At the mm. end of the game, though, um, Lebo looks down at one of um, – I think it was, it was Yassine Colo, uh, my freshman year, and um, he's like, Yassine, go in. And Colo's like, no, man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to this game. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I mean, we were talking about that for weeks, dude. Just like, oh, just one of those games, just one of those nights you're just not going to forget when the, no shots were falling. Like, you, I mean, I remember I was watching some clip last night. There's just some games where it could be too, like, they meet later that year and the other team wins. But, like, there's just some nights where nothing hits and the other team, it's everything. I mean, every mm-hmm. play is working. Yep. Every turnaround jumpers falling. The backup centers hitting bank shots. You're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it was one of those nights. And then, so kind of along those lines, a, a, a story maybe. Was there ever a yeah. time – I know Lebo at oh, times so he many. was uh, – at, at times he, he was very – um passionate he, he could be he could be a, a very he could be a character sometimes he could be a very loud person at times yeah um, ju- just from conversations i've had with with other players um was there yeah. ever a time that went after a game maybe maybe it was after a loss like that he comes in and it, was there ever like I, i've heard of maybe a trash can remember, being thrown <laughs> yeah well honestly i remember there was one game. Uh, you remember Tim Kraft, Coach Kraft? Yeah. He mm-hmm. had one of the big post-game celebrations. Cor- my freshman year, Corvon Gaines, 
get a huge shot. I think it was UTEP. I can't remember the exact team. But he comes in just talking about his male repro- – just talk onions. He's just yelling, <laughs> onions. <laughs> I'm just going, yelling, onions. It was wild. I mean, that was a, that was a drop for weeks of practice. Onions. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That was wow. a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, that, that that's great. I mean, and that, that's the whole thing, going back to, like, the start of this interview – when when we started this, this this is what we what we started this to do was to yeah absolutely not so much talk about the X's and O's of, of right yeah of right college and, and, athletics and we do get into the X's and O's but we wanted to be entertaining heard, yeah. you know yeah you know, we wanted to be funny we wanted to be entertaining it's perfect it's perfect like it really you can do that balance you get you do get a little bit of what people want people would do want to be informed but then you can keep them with the funny that's the best yeah. part dude the best awesome. part so um I I mean that that's all the questions I got right now. I'm sure we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, we gotta have you back. That'd be great, on. man. Yeah, that'd yeah, be we great. Got to. Yes. And, and anytime you're in the area for for a show, I mean, the Comedy Zone here in Greensboro. Yes. I mean, oh yeah. By all means, we'll, let us know we're there. We'll be uh, we'll be <laughs> slinging mixtapes, whatever you need us to do. We're, we're there oh, for my you. Gosh. And we That's always so say, you know, after every interview, we always say we have great interviews. This was actually one of the great interviews we've had. I, I love. Thank you guys, man. This, Thank man. you. Absolutely. Yes, Marshall. Uh, you, let, I want to let you plug uh, where where people can find you: Twitter, Instagram. Where can they find you? Yeah, check the Instagram. I'm going to be putting more content on there. So follow me at Marshall Connor, the first metal. That's the way to find me. Easiest, easy spelling. And then uh, we're just going to keep doing it. Awesome. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, man. Marshall, thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. Absolutely. We're uh, we're we're looking. For, uh, we're, I'm excited for this one to drop because <laughs> I have a feeling the, those that listen throughout the whole interview will have a blast. So yes, I, I, thank you guys. And thank th- you. And we were going to record the interview after we recorded the podcast. I'll, I'll let everybody know we don't do that often. And this is why we want to be able to say, yeah, this was a great interview. This was a hell of an interview. I, I've had a blast. Thanks, Marshall. Guys. Thanks guys. Thank you. Been so much fun. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Thank you. Once again, that was our interview with Marshall Gilmet, uh, now a friend of the podcast. I know Artie. We were just talking about it, like af- after he got off the call, we uh, we forgot to ask the the one qu- the golden question. We forgot to ask, so we're sorry, Pirate Nation. We yeah. are gonna a- after that interview. You know, like we're he's gonna have back. him on. Yeah, he's, gonna he's have coming back, back on. Um, hopefully, it'll be for the EC roundtable. We we both really want to make that happen. Yeah, we're gonna so, we're gonna get some of those guys on there. The the Keems, the Michael Zangaris, the Peyton Robbins, yeah. Marshall Gilmet, Prince Williams. We're going to get all those guys back together at some point, whether it's all on one Zoom call or hopefully it's in person. That's yeah. what we that's what we want to do. Um, but yeah, guys, I'm telling y'all that was probably that was one of the most fun interviews, and that I mean that's the reason we forgot it. We were having just a blast right. talking about just shooting the shit. Um, but Artie, uh. I gotta give I gotta give some props to uh, Kirk Herbstreit. He he finally came out and admitted that the American was better than the Pac-12. And yes, also in my opinion, I mean either on par with or better than the Big Twelve and ACC. Yes, but but 
I mean, the ACC, we've talked about it. You have two teams, and one of those teams really isn't an ACC team. They just are this year. Mm-hmm. The ACC is not real other than Clemson. We saw that yesterday. No, no, you can't, you can't say Notre Dame's not real, man. They oh, beat Clemson. I, hey, listen, I'm talking about in general. Just, okay, just the ACC conference without Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, because usually Notre Dame's in there this year because of COVID. Right. Notre Dame's usually not in the ACC. Yeah. So. Just football. Everything else is in the ACC. Football is not in the ACC. Right, right. So, ACC football, to me, it's, it's not real. You got Clemson. They're good. There's no reason that before yesterday, a 7-3 and three North Carolina should have been ranked in the top 17. I mean, it shouldn't have been that way. They, they have three losses. After, after what they did last night, I'll get into it later, but after what they did last night, that, that might be up for debate. But that also goes back to me saying that I don't think Miami should be really a top 20 team, and they were, they were right. almost a top 10 team. So right. it, it all, it's all – everything in the ACC, and I'm, I'm getting – I'm going off the rails here. Everything in the ACC to me is bolstered by where the, where the college football playoff committee puts those teams. It, it's like they just throw darts at a board. And say, yeah, okay, we're going to put them in the top 15. Here's the number. Right? Well, and, and, and what Herbie was saying was they're, the Americans better than the Pac-12 because we easily have four or five teams that could win the Pac-12 conference right now. We easily have three to four teams that could compete in the ACC. No, nobody in the American can beat Clemson. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to make that statement. It, it can't happen. But we can easily have teams go into the ACC and compete right now. We could easily have four to five teams going to the Big 12 and compete for a Big 12 conference championship right now. And I feel like that's what Herbie was saying. We have arrived as a power conference because we have not just one, not just two, not just three. We have at least five teams in the American as a program that can compete on a power five level. And the rest of the teams that make up the American are trying to play catch up right now. And they're aggressively and eagerly trying to play catch-up. And so that, I feel like that's what Herbie was saying on College Game Day yesterday. You look at ECU. I mean, ECU is in that pack of, of teams that are chasing down the, the top spots in the, in the American. And mm-hmm. ECU is – I mean, they haven't done it yet, but in the next two to three years, ECU will be one of those top five teams year in and year out in the conference. That, that's the we, – we've talked about it before. That's the that's – the, mindset change that Mike Houston brought in outside of Scotty Montgomery. Right. Right. And, 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 and I'm not going to get into the college football playoff or the top 25, but I'm just going to say this, you know, you had Oregon ranked number 11 in the country and they were projected to win the Pac-12. They're sitting at two and two or three and two right now. Um, they were the favorites to win the Pac-12. We've easily got three teams in the American that can go to the Pac-12 right now and win that conference, I think win it handedly. I think Cincinnati would embarrass USC. I think Cincinnati would embarrass Oregon. I think Cincinnati would embarrass uh, Washington right now. So that's where we stand as a conference. I mean, you think about Cincinnati, UCF, Tulsa. You you have these teams that that would really, I mean, make an impact and be able to compete in all of those conferences. Yeah. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm happy that 
Kirk Herbstreit came out and said what he said, because what he says matters. People listen to Kirk Herbstreit. They may not listen to us the way they listen to Kirk Herbstreit. I know they don't listen to us the way they listen to Kirk Herbstreit. So what he says on college game day matters to what everybody else in the nation, and maybe they'll probably start paying attention to what the American is actually building to become a power conference. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. But then – and. I'm not going to – I'm not – he's not going to be my walk the plank, but I will say for him to then turn around the very next day and tweet out that he has Iowa State, who has two losses in his top six, give me a damn break. Iowa State <laughs> I, I, – look, Iowa State is a good football team. Just good. They're not great. They're not excellent. They're just good. So why are they sitting at number six? in the entire country. I can tell and you exactly They could why. very easily – I don't know who they play in the Big 12 championship game. They could very easily lose that game, and then what are we going to say about Iowa State? They still have a chance to make the playoff? Give me a break, man. The, the funniest thing that I saw was the Barstool Iowa State account tweeted out, like, about Coastal Carolina being mad that Iowa State was ranked ahead of them. And they were like, we don't play – we don't get to beat up on Sun Belt teams every week. And Coastal Carolina, like, responded, like, isn't one of your losses against Sunbelt, Louisiana, Lafayette? Like, <laughs> And to be honest with you, Coastal, BYU, and Cincinnati would beat Iowa State right now. Yeah, hands down. I'd, 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 look, the Coastal game will be close, but the BYU – that BYU team that lost to Coastal – to me, I, I felt like BYU was the better team. I know they lost the game to Coastal. I still think BYU is a better team. I think they got a better coach, a better program. But Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal would all be Iowa State right now, in my opinion. And, and Iowa State is ranked number six. Uh, I would almost even put a team like Tulsa in there. I mean, Tulsa, I think, could. Tulsa would give them a run for their money. Absolutely. I mean, Tulsa lost by seven to Oklahoma State. Yeah. In the Tulsa first would absolutely give them a run for their money. Absolutely. So, UCF? And, UCF would give like, – I mean, UCF would put a beat down on them. Well, I, I, I don't know. U, UCF can't play defense. Yeah, but they have the top offense in, in the league. Th- that's true. That's and true. And Iowa State's not that great on defense either, so it's going to be a shootout. But, I mean, you, you think about it. I, I got I to think UCF's going to find a way to win that ballgame. Right. You talk about a shootout, it's, it's a toss-up to me between Iowa State and UCF. That's, that's just a toss-up. It, it, it just goes to show that after making those statements – the the powers that be the ESPNs of the world the the media I mean it, it's all just a invitational the college football playoff they want who they want in there because they're going to get the better rate ratings that's why they have a, a ranking show every single week to tell us the same thing that they told us the last week and look I'll I'll, I'll tell you this for the betterment. Of, of college football, you need parity. Because if we get another Alabama-Clemson, I promise you the ratings are going to drop dramatic, like, like dramatically. The ratings are going to drop. We don't need Alabama-Clemson every freaking year. We need more parity in the playoff. We don't need, you know, Clemson playing Ohio State for the sixth straight time and Alabama playing Georgia for the fifth straight time. And then we, you know, we get the same result. We got to have parity in this, and, and that's only going to happen if you expand the playoff, if you allow some of these teams that have had an undefeated season 
and they've done everything they can to prove that they belong in there, but they don't have the strength of schedule or they don't have yada, 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 yada to put them in. It's just, it's absurd to me. That's all I'm going to say about it. What I say is you put it together a 10 team, a 12 team playoff and you, you call it a day there. You have the conference champions uh, from, from those conferences. And then you have kind of like in college basketball. Then you have a couple of teams that, make at large you might you may take it up to 16 teams but then you you're able to fill in the bowl schedule a little bit better and the bowls actually mean something again right the bowls don't, I, i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and watch the idaho potato bowl between tulane and ball state but just because i'm not gonna well, do that and we got to get rid of some of these bowl games too well that's we gotta, we gotta get yeah we gotta get rid of like the dollar general bowl come on man but that, that's what I'm saying is you have you can still have those bowls, but let them be the parts of the playoff. People will then watch them because instead of having – I mean, Clemson then could play in three bowl games in one year rather than playing in – In two. In two, right? That's what I'm saying is that's – and you cut down on the teams because it doesn't matter. You cut down on the teams that are making the bowl games because these teams were already going to make it. Right. You just fill them in and, and get some uh, – some more eyes on them because they're going to have a, you're going to have more fans watching those games because they actually mean something. And look, all, all I'm saying is the, the committee really has to pay attention here. And especially this year, if we get Alabama Clemson again, I'm telling you, people are going to be I really turned it. off. I don't, people are going to be so it. turned off for college football. We are tired of seeing the same shit every single year. Excuse my Francois, but we, we are, we're just tired of seeing it. Yeah. Well, Artie, let's, uh, Let's start wrapping this thing up. It's been a hell of a podcast already. Yeah. Let's, uh, you got, you got to walk the plank. I do have a walk the plank. I mentioned it earlier in the, in the, in the podcast. Um, a few weeks ago, I went out on a limb and I gave Miami a lot of credit. I believed in Miami. The ACC I thought Miami was a legit team. For some reason, I have this kind of urge to kind of root for Miami for some reason. I don't know why. I just, I, I like to see Miami good. Maybe it's because growing up, um, watching all those documentaries about the bad boys at, at, at Miami and how they used to win those national championships with, well, you know, with uh, Coach Jimmy Johnson and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and the boys. I don't know. I just I, – and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just really like seeing when Craig Miami Olson. is good. And I really wanted to see them turn a page. And last night, they not only got they ass whooped, they got ramrodded. They got – bleeped with no lube last night <laughs> it was it was embarrassing it was it, it was almost as if Miami didn't even show up to play last night and I want to apologize to myself for going out on the limb and actually thinking Miami was legit and I want to give a little credit to Carolina look Carolina fans you don't have a great team all right you lost to Virginia and you lost to Florida State don't think for one second you have a great team. You got a good team, not a great team. But they did what they had to do last night. That offense is legit. They can put up 40 on anybody. Um, they just can't play defense. But Miami, ugh, another year, another disappointment. Walk the plank. Yeah, I mean, I said it earlier. I don't think the ACC is real. I mean, I just don't. I, I'm not going to give any credit to Carolina. I don't think that they've really done Carolina's anything. Carolina's good. Carolina's good. They're just They're not okay. great. They're okay. 
See, Carolina fans think they're great. They're not great. They're just if good. Carolina had been in the American Athletic Conference, they wouldn't be sniffing the top 50. No, 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 no. Car- Carolina would be right up there with Cincinnati. I'll, I'll give them that. Carolina, th- this year, Jared that, that, Jared, that offense can put up 40 on anybody. That, I'm okay. telling you right now, Carolina's okay. offense can put up 40 to 50 on anybody. Okay. They just can't play defense. To, to lose <laughs> to teams like Florida defense. State and a, a team like Virginia, no, you, you're not that good if you're losing the, the bottom so dwellers. They're not the, great. The I'm, not, I'm not saying they'd win the American, but I am saying they'd be top three. They'd be top three this year. I, they I, would be. They would. I don't know. But I, I digress. My, my walk the plank, uh, what's this cat's name? Marco Wilson? Uh, this dude, wow, he, you want to talk about costing your, costing your team? Marco Wilson, uh, he, I mean, he helps make a stop on third down late in the University of Florida LSU game. And uh, he stands up after taking, uh, after taking the guy's uh, cleat off. <laughs> and uh, throws it down the field. Jared, I'll, go, go ahead, go ahead. You know, you, say what you were going to say. I, was, I, I watched this entire game. That was one of the games that I actually watched from start to finish yesterday. LSU was game ready the entire game. They, they came in the, in the Gainesville, Florida, ready to win that game. But what, what Wilson did at the end of that game, he literally cost his team the game. He cost literally. His he, he, he might have cost his quarterback the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that defense. was that was one of the dumbest plays I and, and I don't know if you saw his teammates what they did afterwards like they 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 kind of like got in his face like yo what the hell are you doing? Like that, that was just it was just stupid. One one of my favorite things was listening to the referee like get talk about the penalty and he yeah. says he goes he called the wrong number. It was number 3, Marco Wilson. He called right, he number called 11. 11. Yeah. Um, but he goes. He threw the he threw his opponent's shoe twenty yards down the field, like he gave the yardage on. He did give the yardage, yeah. On, on how far you threw the shoe, <laughs> just helping it him. A, it was it was a good pass, helping him prepare for the combine. Uh, does, if he decides to change to quarterback, uh, the quarterback oh. position. But yeah, that that's my walk the plank, Marco. Walk the damn plank, dude. Uh, chomp that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You can't be doing that. You got. You got to. It's, it's just dumb. It was just dumb. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, but already that. That's all I got. Uh, do you have? Do you have yeah. anything to to say? Um, I know. I know we're gonna need to wrap up this podcast and yeah, get on out of here. We've gone longer than we thought we were gonna go. Um, I've said everything I need to say. As always, Pirate Nation. We still have a pandemic running rampant in this in this country. Wear your mask. Be safe. We got the holiday season coming up. Travel safe and and just understand the restrictions and, and, and what's going on. Don't be stupid. That's that's all I ask. Don't be stupid people. Just be courteous and pay attention. Yeah. Um I'll I'll say I'll echo that. Um next week I think we're gonna try to do something a little bit different on the podcast. I'd like to uh talk we're gonna we're gonna have a Christmas themed episode next week okay. Artie, and, Artie and I are gonna I and I'm, I'm just saying this I think Artie and I we're gonna talk well, about yeah. talk well, about the gifts that we would want for uh for Pirate Nation so be on the lookout for some interesting questions or interesting um things that you can interact with us with um 
as we prepare for next week's interview or next week's podcast, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. This was episode 39 of the Bunny Rock Podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, Overcast. I don't even know. We're, we're on so many of them now. Um, <laughs> wherever you subscribe, make sure you leave a review, leave us a rating. Um, that, that's what really helps us um, get, gets to more ECU fans. Um, so do that. And then uh, make sure you're following us on all social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Boneyard Pod. Um, send us questions. Send us whatever you think uh, you want us to talk about on the podcast. That We do this for y'all. Um, th- this isn't something that, I mean, I, kn- I know Artie's kind of watching the game now, his Bears game, but, like, yeah, we, 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 take, we take the time out to, to do this because we, we, lo- we like to do it, but also, like, we, we, like, we like to have content that people like to enjoy. Absolutely. So, uh, this is look. This is absolutely a passion of mine. Doing this podcast is a is an absolute passion. It's nothing less than that. So yeah. So we we but we our passion isn't to just put out content. It's to put out content that you like. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something you want us to do or something that you uh think would be fun for us to talk about, let us know. Send us uh send us questions. Also um already I I got one last thing um. That there's a there's a guy he, he's a friend of the podcast he hasn't been on the podcast um, okay. his name's John Smith um, we, we've that's talked- original <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry John I'm sorry I had to uh, his, his son um, his son recently just turned ten uh, I'm pulling up his son's name I want to give his his son a shout out just because. Um, I know that he said he was supposed to have a big ECU themed birthday party. Uh, I believe his his name is is Levi. I, I, I want to make sure I I've got it right. Um, here, Logan, Logan. I, Logan. I was wrong. Logan. That's not that's that's a long way from Levi. It's still an L, Artie. That's <laughs> a long way, man. <laughs> um, today today's his birthday. So when this comes out, it will it would have been yesterday. Um, John, awesome. I know I know you listen to the podcast every single week. Um, we we want to give your your son a shout out, happy Absolutely. birthday. I mean, he's had that's a that's a future pirate right there. Shout out to Logan. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it. He he's had over 237 people respond to this tweet asking mm-hmm. for asking for people um to wish him a happy birthday. So Logan, um, maybe if you're right, I know your dad has talked to me saying that he listens to us in the car. So maybe if uh, you're right in the car with your dad, you'll hear this. Happy birthday, go Pirates. Um, Stay safe, Pirate Nation. We love you. We out. Absolutely. Peace out, Pirate Nation.